Shalom Abrachir of Tivamas Dav Kofiud Zayin. Today's Dav talks about how much we actually believe her. To what extent do we believe Gabe Raksuba or only Gabe her being an Aguna? We also have a numerous that talks about five people who would not be believed as an Eidecha to say that her husband had died. And what happens if other Eidim come in and our Manchesh her Eidos and say, no, the husband's Taka not dead. But we begin with numerous that Bishamai tells us that when she testifies that her husband is dead, she's allowed to remarry and she takes her Raksuba. But Hillel says, no, she gets remarried. We allow her to no longer be an Aguna, but she does not get a Ksuba. The Shammai retorts to Beisillel, and they say, you guys are allowing an Erva, you're allowing her to remarry, which is a lot more a Chomer, but why would you not allow Mamun, allow her to collect her Ksuba, which is far more Kal? Beisillel answers, why are you so surprised? The brothers are not going to be allowed to accept his Nachla based on her testimony. The only thing that Bezdin is believing her about is Aguna, because Aguna is very schwer, so we believe her, but we're not going to believe her about anything else, Basin's not going to take any courtly action based on her testimony. Bishamai responds, we learn from Sefer Ksuba, he writes in the Ksuba, that if I marry someone else, you can collect this Ksuba, you can take whatever's written in here. And over here, she's allowed to marry somebody else, so she's allowed to collect her Ksuba. And at the end, Basil actually changed her psak to be a make like base Shammai. Now the Gemara brings with Chista that says, that if she were to go ahead and do Yibo, based on her testimony, that Yevama is allowed to receive the Nachla as well as the marriage. If we're going to be relying on the Ksuba to let her remarry, we're also going to rely on her to receive the monetary component of the Ksuba. The Pasuk says, Yaakum al Shemachiv. He takes over the brother and all components as a brother for Nachla as well. Now, if Nachman says, if she comes into Bezin and says that my husband dies, allow me to remarry, that's the case we've been having until now, we allow her to remarry, and she will get her Ksuba from the husband's estate. If she comes in and she says, give me my Ksuba, so here she's only here for the money. So we're not going to believe her. We're not even going to allow her to remarry. We assume that she only came in for the money. We only believe her to let her get out of being an Aguna. And that's not what she's here for. So now here's the question. What happens if she comes in and asks for both? She says, allow me to remarry and give me my Ksuba. Ooh. Maybe since she added in the Ksuba request, that's what she's here for. And, and that and then we're not going to give her an Amonis. Or maybe she's just asking for everything that has to do with her husband. And maybe if you'll tell me the second answer that really she's just coming in for everything that is coming to her from her husband. What happens if she mixes it up? If she first asks for the ksuba and then she asks for permission to remarry. Do we say since she said ksuba first that that's what a das is for? Or maybe she's just listing off all the things that she needs. She doesn't know which particular order to request it in. And the Gemara leaves that with a teiku. Now we have another mission that tells us that we believe everyone as an aid in the case except for five people. People. Her mother-in-law, the wife of the Sivama, her mother-in-law, rather her mother-in-law, her mother-in-law's daughter, her co-wife, the wife of her Yevama, and her husband's daughter, stepdaughter. These are all conflicting relationships, and we're not going to be able to believe their testimony. Aye, why would we believe them if they came in and said that this woman was divorced instead of saying that the husband died? Because over there, we have a get that says that they're divorced. So between the get and the edus, we'll believe them. But by me, so we're just relying on their word. Zot the Mishnah. We have five people we won't believe. Believe. What about the daughter of the father-in-law? Maybe we only believe we only don't believe the daughter of the mother-in-law. Is it because there's a certain animosity there? Well, the daughter of the father-in-law also has a certain animosity. Or maybe here there's no animosity. Or maybe really it should be the same because by the daughter of the mother-in-law, she's been working on her daughter her whole life, and then the son comes and runs off with her. So so to here, father's been working on his daughter for for all, 
all these years, and now that suddenly the son-in-law is going to run off with all his hard work, the Gemara answers, maybe, yeah, maybe, no, but our Mishnah said that there are only five people, and there's no greater raya than that, that there's no sixth. So the, now the Gemara asks, maybe the daughter of the mother-in-law has this animosity, because she put so much work into this girl, and it doesn't matter the mother-in-law, the father-in-law, but the mice, we have a Mishnah that tells us that we don't believe seven women to testify. Where'd you get five? We actually see seven. The more answers that that price is going like of you, Huda, who adds on a stepmother, the father's wife, and a daughter-in-law. Chachamim told you, Yehuda, father's wife is the same as a husband's daughter, and a daughter-in-law is the same as a mother-in-law. That's a, just a flip side of the same relationship. Yehuda answers, it makes sense that the mother-in-law will hate the daughter-in-law because she put all her hard work into her son. But why would the daughter-in-law hate the mother-in-law? I hear by the husband's daughter, she'll hate the father's wife, her stepmother, because you know, hey, my mother, my mother put all this work into me, and now you're showing up and taking over, but when it comes to the father, why would he hate her husband's daughter? So these are, this is Taka Chiddush. It's not just the same thing backwards. So the Chachamim answer, okay, but why are you adding two more to our five list? A daughter-in-law, a mother-in-law, the mom is the same thing back and forth. And if you hear the answers, no, there's a separate animosity in the other direction because the mother-in-law hates the daughter-in-law because she's going to tell her son everything that the father's wife had done. She, he's going to reveal all the family secrets. But when it comes to the father's wife as well, he's going to hate the staff stepdaughter because she's going to tell her father everything that the stepmother's doing. And the Rabbonin responds to Yehuda and says, yes, you have all these animosities in the other direction as well and maybe you have reasons for it. But the real reason why they hate them back is It's a responsive reflective rela- relationship. A reflective animosity. Yehuda says that pasuk from Mishle is only talking about Divrei. Teira responds to the Yagiyah that we put into her. Next, of Achabar Avio says that they were asking an Eretz Yisrael, what's halacha about one potential mother-in-law if she were to fall to Yibam? Her brother's, like a future mother-in-law. Is she gonna assume that, you know, maybe my husband will die, and then I'm gonna do Yibam with his brother, and then I'm gonna, and, and she's already hating her brother-in-law's mother, or maybe she's not thinking that far. The Gemara answers from a Gemara on the next staff, where if the woman comes in and she says that her husband died, and she says that afterwards, my father-in-law died. She's allowed to remarry and keep her ksuba, and her mother-in-law is Asr. Why is her mother-in-law Asr? Isn't it because we say that really her mother-in-law, father-in-law, none of them died? The only reason why she's saying that is to mess up her mother-in-law, because we know that there's an intrinsic animosity. You see that she really does plan ahead, and is already engendering feelings of hatred to future mother-in-laws. Gamora says that that case is different than the case of a potentially, uh, potential Yibum mother-in-law, because over here she's already feeling the Tsar of the mother-in-law. But over here, this woman would only become her mother-in-law if her husband dies and she falls to Yibam. Now we have an omission that tells us. You have one aide that tells us that the husband died. And then she remarries. And then another aide comes and says, actually, her husband's still alive. She does not need to get divorced. One aide versus one aide. In another case, an aide comes and he testifies that the husband dies. And then two aides testify that the husband is not dead, even if she had gotten married. Before the second aide came, she must divorce. Now, two aides come and say that the husband dies. And then one aide comes and testifies that the husband is still alive. Even if she had not gotten married yet, she can rely on the first set of Edim and marry. So now the Gemara says, we can be Meduyag from our Mishnah, that if we have one aide versus one aide, she's allowed to stay married, but she's not allowed to go ahead and get married because we have conflicting Edos on her husband's status. Ah, Ula told us, and whenever the Torah tells us that we're allowed to believe in Eid Echod, it's as if we have two Edim here.
here. So the first aid is accepted as two aid. This new one aid, single aid, is not going to override our strong Ke'ilu two aid. That says the husband's dead. Why can't she go ahead and marry? The Gemara answers. Really what we're saying is that if one aid comes and says that the husband dies, and we allow her to remarry based on this aid, which we count as two aid, and then another aid comes and says, no, actually, the husband's still alive, she still has the heter. We don't relieve her of her heter from the first aid to remarry. Now moving into the middle case of one aid says that the husband dies and then two aid said that the husband did not die. They said she has to divorce if she had been married. Isn't that Pashut? We have two aid that says that her husband's alive. We're not going to have one aid overruling two aid The Gemara has two tirutsim. Either we're talking about psule eidos like Rabbi Nechemio taught in a brisa. Then whenever we have halacha, the Torah tells us you're allowed to believe one aid, we go after the roiv. So two women would be believed over one man. Just like two men would be believed of over one man. We count up the testimonies and we go by right. So the Chedesh is, even if the, the second set of Edom is a woman, we're going to make him, we're going to make her get divorced based on their testimony that the husband's alive. Second answer, alternatively, whenever we have an Eda Echud Kosher coming in and telling us something, even if 100 women come in afterwards, they all count as one aid. But over here, we're talking about where the first aid was a woman. We know that women have a limited testimonial status and the Mishnah is explaining like, like Reb Nechemia, who says that whenever the Torah allows us to trust one aid, we count up the votes and we go by Roiv. And over here, if we have two Edim that come in and tell us that the husband is dead, and one woman that comes in and says that the husband's alive, it's as if we have two male Edim versus one male Edim, we go by the numbers. The Chiddush is, if you have two women, followed by Eid, Eid Echod, Ish, that's still counted as 50-50, we're not going to go by the quantitative votes testimonies, we're going to go by the qualitative, and qualitatively they're equal. Now on the safe Fire Mission, we said that if you have two Edim that say that the husband is dead and Eid Echod comes in and says that he's not dead, she can go ahead and marry based on the two Edim. What the Chiddush over here? It's two Edim versus one Edim. Again, the Gemara says, we're explaining like Sule Edos, according to Rebbe Nechamia, that we go Basar the Roiv, we're going to follow the two against the one. Isn't that the same lesson that we taught in the beginning of our Mishnah? No, I might think that we only go Basar Roiv. We count up how many votes we have to make a Chomra, but to create a Kula. That we're not going to go by Roiv. Kamash Malon, even to allow her to get married, we're going to go Basar the Roiv. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.